Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning. Anybody excited to be in church this morning? Matthew, yeah, get excited if you're excited to be in church. That's all right. Matthew 15 is where we're going to be looking. We're getting closer to what God has next for us. This has been our desire over the last couple weeks, starting in the new year. Uh, as Psalm 37 says that the Lord orders the steps of the righteous, and we believe that he's a God who orders our steps and makes us ready for what he has next. And because he's ordering our steps, uh, we believe that he's intentionally setting us in line and in order, that he's a God who knows how to even take the unfortunate things and work them into his plan and to create beauty out of ashes, to do good things out of difficult things, that God is ordering and directing our steps. This morning, I want to look and uh, today just to challenge us that if we're going to continue and walk into what God has next for us, uh, this warning, we've got to be careful to stay out of the ditch. Uh, don't get caught in the ditch. You got to get out of the ditches. And maybe today, just an encouragement to give us that perspective that we would not be in the ditch. In Matthew 15, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and then he calls the crowd to him, and he gives clarification. And uh, he's having a conversation with the Pharisees. The Pharisees don't like what he has to say, and that's typical for the Pharisees because they're religious people who just live from their own perspective, and they don't want to change the way they see things. It's according to where they've been, their experience, and so they, they don't much care for Jesus coming and upsetting everything that they've been doing. And Jesus, of course, is addressing this, but then he, he pulls the crowd aside, and uh, he speaks to them in particular, uh, and uh, I, from this gives them some warnings. I believe there's some practical things for us today as we're encouraged to stay out of the ditch, uh, of whatever would hold us back, to be able to pursue what God has for us. Would you stand with me today in Matthew 15? If uh, you follow along, if you have your Bible, or maybe your device, you can follow along on version, but uh, also on the screen you'll find it as well. Matthew chapter 15, verse 10, then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear, listen, he said, and try to understand. Try to understand. It takes work sometimes to understand. You're going to have to lean in. You're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to try to understand. There's some effort that it's going to take in understanding and catching what God is wanting to speak. How many would recognize that sometimes as God would speak in certain situations or as things work and things play out, it doesn't always make sense? How many have found out that life doesn't make sense? Sometimes it's hard to understand why things happen, how things occur, what takes place. He says, lean in. He says, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize that you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? I would encourage you, side note, um, being offended comes natural. We have, our culture has created the, this aspect of don't offend people. That is so unrealistic. You, you can't do, to not offend anybody means don't breathe. Don't do anything. It, it's not realistic to not offend people, but in, in, instead Jesus gives us the true teaching. And that is what our culture has. And which, by the way, can I just say that we live in a world now where the right is called wrong and the wrong is called right. The Bible says in the last days we're going to be in those days. So here's one of the pictures of right and wrong and, and things turned upside down. Culture has said, don't offend people. But Jesus said, don't be easily offended. We can't control 
be an offense. We can't control the offense people might take, but we can control ourselves being offended. And our goal or our job is not to not just now use tact, use wisdom. Don't just rightfully go and offend somebody. Okay, that's wrong. But the basic thing that, that we have to understand is that our job is to not be offended. How many know that if we would learn not to be offended, things would probably be a lot different in relationships? If we would learn to not be so easily offended, not to be, not to be offended. So he says, don't you realize, do you know that you just offended all the Pharisees by what you just said? Here's Jesus' response to that. Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted, so ignore them. <laughs> kind of real sympathetic, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you just offended everybody. Ignore them. How many know some of us need to learn how to ignore the stuff we've been focusing on and focus on the stuff we've been ignoring? Sometimes we've got our focus in the wrong places and the wrong things. We're, we're ignoring things we ought to focus on, and sometimes we're focusing on things we ought to learn how to ignore. Jesus said, ignore them. They are the blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. God, I pray that you'd help us to put the rails in the right places that we would not fall in the ditch, that we would not get hung up, that we would not get stuck, but Lord, that we would, that we would uh, be at a place of pursuing and walking into what you have next for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you just say amen? Amen. 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 Just encourage somebody on your way to being seated. Tell them, check your blind spots. Check your blind spots. Hopefully this morning as you've joined us, hopefully uh, you've brought your, your next journal. If you've been, been with us for a couple weeks, uh, we of course made these available and we've just been, uh, been journaling and just writing those things as, through our sermons. Encourage you to, uh, maybe if you haven't picked one up, uh, you can stop by the information center. There's still some there. But I don't encourage you today to lean in. This is my desire. My desire today is to be a travel, uh, to be a tour guide. I want to be a tour guide to take us on a journey today, but the Holy Spirit wants to be your travel agent and help you make the next connection to the next destination that God has for you, that God by His Spirit wants to speak to you. So I encourage you to jot things down, allow the Holy Spirit, lean in today, and let this not just be a talk that you hear at church. Let the Holy Spirit direct what you hear today and let God put together some, some uh, connections and things to help us get ready for what it is that He wants to do next. If you're taking notes this morning, this is the title that I want to share today is simply this, In My Blind Spot. In My Blind Spot. Do you know that every single one of us have blind spots? Every single one of us have a blind spot because none of us are able to see all things at all times. You have a limitation in your vision. Your, your vision is limited. You can only see what you can see. You only see what you're focusing on, and because you're focusing on something, it causes the things that are out of focus become blind spots. By the natural purpose or the, the natural result of focusing on something, it creates blind spots because it causes things to be out of focus and puts them in a, in a perspective that is, that is not able to clearly see. Let me give you an official description of a blind spot. Now, I don't want to uh, scare anybody. This is over my head as well, so try and follow me this morning. I want to use this description of the blind spot, though, to help set up uh, just some, some parameters, to give us some guides here today. But this is the technical uh, definition or the definition for a blind spot. It is an ob obscuration of, vi of a visual field. It is created by a small area of the retina that becomes insensitive to light due to the interruption where the optic nerve joins the retina of the normal pattern of light sensitivity or light sensitive rods and cones, the signals that are transported. Now, I just want to not, I want to break this down to, to uh, layman's terms for my benefit, because this is way over my head. 
But here's what I've catch from this, that blind spots are created when a part of the eye, the retina, becomes insensitive to light. And because it becomes insensitive to light, the retina then joins or is in, in, in partnership with the, uh, with the optic nerve that causes it to focus on something. And the moment it focuses on something, it sends a signal to the brain of what you're seeing or even what you're not seeing. So it is a part of the eye becoming insensitive to light that then causes other parts of the eye to work in conjunction with each other, sending a signal to tell the brain what you are seeing and what you're not seeing. So let me just show you this. If you look at the screen, you see two letters that are on the screen, left and right. If you look at these letters, you recognize that they're both there. But pick one and begin to focus on one. And as you begin to focus on one of the letters, slowly the other one fades and eventually disappears. The focus that you give to one, it, it, it will soon disappear. It wasn't a magic trick. It didn't go away. It's still in the same place. It's that the process of the part of your eye, there's a part of the eye that now has become insensitive to light. And because of the insensitivity to the light, it causes your optic nerve and the retina to focus or to work together, to, to come to a, a focus of working together and sending a signal to your brain. And it looks like something disappeared, but it didn't. It just moved into your blind spot. It just moved to a place that is out of focus and a place that we're not able to see. Each and every one of us have blind spots and we've got to be careful that we develop the things in our lives to address the blind spots that are around us. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been serving Jesus, what it is that you're facing in life, what your experience has been, every single one of us have blind spots and we've got to develop the ability to address the blind spots that are in our lives. A couple weeks ago, I was traveling and on this particular travel that I had, I had the benefit of using a rental car. I love driving a car that's not my own. It's, it's a lot more fun, especially when it's newer. And uh, I was in this vehicle and uh, enjoying the drive. Uh, and I noticed, you know, when you get into a vehicle that's not yours, you look for the bells and the whistles. And one of the bells and the whistles was that as cars would come up beside me, I noticed that on each mirror, there would be a yellow flashing light. Now, you might have this on your car already, you spoiled people. <laughs> and I, I knew that it had a purpose, and so it comes along the side, and I recognized it, and it was obvious, and so I would just watch this occur as cars would come alongside. At one point, I turned on the blinker because I want to move into the other lane, and when I turned on the blinker, the car beeped at me. I wondered if it was possessed. I began to speak in tongues, cast out demons. Just kidding. I realized that the car was also with the capability of speaking to me to let me know that when my left blinker was on, there was a vehicle on my left side that it not only flashed a yellow light in the mirror, but now it began to beep to get my attention. What a sophisticated car. This car developed the ability to address what was in its blind spot. If man can create something with the ability to address what's in its blind spot because it knows that there is a, a, a safety hazard, there's a, a hazard and something of concern that if we don't address the, the, the blind spots, how much more does your father know how to create the safety spots and the boundaries to address the blind spots? 
that God knows how to direct us. He's, he wants to give us some things today to help us to be prepared and to be able to address what is the blind spots. The blind spots are the unknown or the uninformed or the uncomprehensive things that occur or show up in life at moments. It's the things that you really didn't prepare for because you had no idea it would happen. It's like the gentleman who was a contractor in, in uh, one of the Texas towns that had, had faced a tornado or had faced a hurricane that came into the area, and he had no idea what would happen as a result of a six-floor building that he was building. He had gravel, a pile of gravel at the top of this building that was on the sixth floor, not recognizing that because it was not secured or tied down or something done to the gravel, that hurricane hit. And not only was the, the storm uh, something that was devastating because of the winds and the things that fell, but it became an expensive storm because that gravel got picked up and blown and it dented vehicles, broke windows. It caused even more of a catastrophe because that gravel was not taken care of. You can easily claim in that moment, you can claim ignorance. You had no idea, but here's the problem. You can claim all the ignorance you want, but you still have to face the consequence. You can claim all the ignorance of not knowing it would be, but you're still left with the consequence. And God's desire is that we would not be ignorant of the things that can occur in life, but that we would have wisdom, that we would have a guide that would lead us into truth because you can claim ignorance all you want, but you're still left with picking up the pieces. Sometimes our culture has tried to play enough that if we can play off, well, I didn't know. Couldn't help it. Had no idea it would affect that. Didn't know it would do that. Didn't know it would have, and you can claim ignorance all we want, but if we step back on things, if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, there are things that we thought we were just ignorant of, but the reality is, is not that we were ignorant of it, we just chose to ignore the signs and the things that could have pointed us in a different direction. To, to identify the safeguards and the things that God would want to put in place that you can claim ignorance, but you're still left with the consequences. Jesus said in this scripture that we just read, he said, that a blind guide leading another blind guide causes the both of them to fall into a ditch. If we don't address the blind spots, if we don't put these things in place that we become susceptible to falling into the ditch, not only is it a ditch that we can fall into, but he's speaking as well of being careful who we follow, being careful of the influences. And I hope today, would you just lean in and allow the Holy Spirit to maybe speak to a specific area? to direct your heart today. Because I believe God has something next that he wants for you. And some of it might just be hanging out in the blind spots. Some of it might just be missed because of the blind spots that we're not, we're not recognizing, we're not catching on to. And Jesus, of course, is speaking to the Pharisees in this, this text that we just read. And as Jesus is addressing the Pharisees, they come to him and ask him this question. He said, teacher, why do your disciples not participate in the ceremonial hand washing that we do before we eat? This tradition that we've been doing throughout time. We started this. It wasn't with Moses, but we started it afterwards. It became a tradition that we've been doing for a period of time. And why don't your disciples wash their hands? Because now what they're saying is they're dirty people because they're not washing their hands before they eat. And because they're not doing the hand washing thing, they're not, they're not clean and they're not good. Jesus responds to them. And Jesus says, it's not what comes in that makes you unclean. It's what comes out. 
It was saying to these individuals, to these, these blind guides, he called them, you focus on the stuff that you ought to ignore, and you ignore the stuff that you ought to focus on. You make much out of the stuff that is little, and you make little out of the stuff that ought to be much. That you're, that, that you're caught up in this pick and choose of, of what it is that you want to, want to make an issue of, or to build and, and make an argument out of. Jesus, of course, calls them blind guides, and here's what a blind guide is. A blind guide is someone who sees the right thing, the wrong way. Someone who sees the right thing the wrong way. You can see the right thing, but you're not looking at it the right way. Your, your perspective is not appropriate. It's a story of some blind gentleman who came to an elephant, and as they went to the elephant, they began to, at different points, describe what the elephant was like. One gentleman went to the tough side or the tough skin of that elephant on the side of the elephant, and as he put his hand on the, on the thick, tough elephant, he said, this elephant It's like a wall, a strong wall. Another gentleman went to the tusk, and as he felt the tusk, he said, the elephant is like a spear, sharp. Another one went, and he felt the winds of the the ears that were flapping, and he said, no, the elephant is like a fan that cools you off. And one more said, as he came and put his arms around the the knees of this, this elephant, he said, no, an elephant is like a tree that's strong. And one last one went to the tail and said, no, an elephant is like a rope. Every single one of them had a perspective. They looked at the right thing, but they looked at it the wrong way. They were limited in being able to see what it really was. And because they were blind, because they did not see clearly, they weren't able to catch the full perspective of what was in front of them. There might be some things that you think God has forsaken. God hasn't forsaken. You've just got some blind spots that when you recognize God knows right where you are and he knows how to bring you through. You might be at some blind spots, and it's not that you'll never have blind spots. It's that we have to be careful to be aware of what those blind spots are, to put things in place so that we can address the blind spots to keep us from falling into the ditch. The issue that they brought up of the ceremonial cleaning was simply this, that they were more concerned with the appearance than they were dealing with putting it into practice or it being an application in their life. They were more at pleasing man than they were with pleasing God. They made more out of the stuff that ought to be little and made little out of the stuff that ought to be much. They focused on what they should ignore and ignored what they should have focused. Every single one of us have the potential to fall into the ditch. And here's the thing, no one ever intends to fall into the ditch. No one ever intends to fall into depression and allow it to overwhelm us. No no one ever intends to fall into the ditch of, of emotional despair or anger. No one ever intends to fall into the ditch of greed or pride or, or, or whatever could hold us back. No one ever intends to fall into the ditch. But if we're not careful of the blind spots, if we don't put things in their proper place, we become susceptible to fall into the ditch. And as I said last week, we end up being 40, 50, 60, whatever, how many years it might be, and wonder how did we get here? Because we ignored some things in our lives that if we're going to walk into the next, that we've got to be careful not to be stuck in the blind spots, the things that are around us. That we cannot claim ignorance, but we have to recognize there are consequences and things that we've got to be aware of. I want to give you some things today from, from this of just just things that need to be developed in our lives that can become encouragement for us to address the blind spots. If blind spots are caused because the eye develops an insensitivity to light, that the eye at some point has an insensitivity to light that causes the other parts or parts of the eye to come into partnership to focus 
And then it sends a signal to the brain and communicates what we see and what we don't see. I want to look at this and give us some things today for us to develop the, or to put some things in place to address the blind spots. Here's number one. Number one, we need to develop our senses. We need to develop our senses. I don't know if you're a person that has good sense. Maybe you know someone who has good sense. Maybe you wish you knew someone who had good sense. Sense is the ability to perceive something. It's to recognize. When you have a sense, when you can sense something, you're able to recognize and perceive it. There are some people, and I'll admit I would be one of them, who can sit at a movie and watch a movie play, and in that movie become so enthralled in the movie and even take on the emotions of the movie, and even at times, if it would call for it, to maybe wipe a tear because of the story that's going on in the movie. And there'll be other people in that same setting who'll be watching the movie and watching me and watching the movie and watching me and wondering what's wrong with me because I'm getting a teary eye over what's in the movie. Now, the person who's not moved isn't heartless. It's just that that person has the ability to detach from the moment and able to recognize it's just a movie. You see, some people get so involved in what it is, and it's hard to detach, but then other people know how to detach, or they choose to detach. That purpose, or what it is that we do, the word for it is called discernment. It's the ability to know what is right, what is wrong, what is real, what is fake, what is true, what is not. It's the ability to know good and evil, the ability to discern. If we're going to be in a place of knowing the next that God would have for us, we've got to be people who develop our senses and know what is right and wrong and have the ability to make right choices and our senses are developed when we're in the presence of God. It's being people in the presence of God that develops our senses. You become developed by what you hang around. You become developed and you become more aware. It's the same idea. You know what it was that when you got your car, you thought it was the only car, but the moment you got it, now you saw all those cars that were the same as yours. Why? Because it's, it's now you become more aware. You become aware to what you're surrounding and what your settings, those things that, that are around you. And recognizing that we become aware. Are we aware of the presence of God? Being aware of the Spirit of God. Having discernment to know the difference and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 15 says this, folly brings joy to the one who has no sense. You know why it's fun to the person to get drunk? Because he has no sense. You know why it's fun? To sit around or to sleep around and to make choices that hinder yourself and other people because you have no sense. The Bible says it this way, that their conscience is seared. They've lost the ability to perceive or to know. They've lost the sense of what is reality and what is true. The problem is that we try to make truth our own perception. It becomes truth to us. The other problem we do as well is that we consider if a lot of people fall in the ditch, then it must be normal. The more people that fall in the ditch, this should be okay. Why is this okay? Everybody falls in the ditch. Oh. That if that's what everybody's doing, I want to challenge us today to guard the blind spots so we quit having the average marriage, average home, average workplace, average dreams, average things that are in our life. Challenge the blind spots because the blind spot, you're just setting yourself up to keep following the blind and falling into the ditch, falling into the place of being stuck and being in the same area, the same place, the same way, but God wants you to walk into what he has next. He wants you to experience what he has next for you. We've got to develop our senses, becoming people of the presence, the spirit of God. Are you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life? Discernment will remove us from hypocrisy. This was the issue that Jesus was saying to these Pharisees, and then he called his disciples aside, the crowd. 
Now, here's the crowd. We have three people, three groupings. The Pharisees, the crowd, and the disciples. The Pharisees are the ones who have said, nope, we've got our own way. The crowd is yet to be determined. And the disciples said, we're following his way. Now, you're in the crowd today, and whether, I know you're in the crowd. Everyone here is in the crowd. Now, whether you're this side or that side depends on what you believe and your heart in connection and responding to Jesus Christ. When Jesus, of course, is speaking to the Pharisees, he's, he's telling them of what it is that he's saying to them or to the crowd that the Pharisees are hypocrites, and what a hypocrite is is someone who pretends, and Jesus says if you keep following them, you're going to become one of them. If you keep following them, you're going to become one of them. That's what, it, that's what you're going to become. That's what you're going to be. But do we know that if we become people of the Spirit, if we become discerning of the Spirit, it'll keep us from being hypocrites or keep us from walking in hypocrisy. It helps to connect the, the what or the, the why to what we do and that we would not become hypocrites. Let me ask you today, when was the last time you were moved by the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you were moved by the Holy Spirit? I'm the guy that can be moved by the Spirit, maybe different than you are. I didn't ask you, do you wash your hands the same way I wash my hands? I didn't ask you, do we have the same tradition and we do it the same way because how many know you can make much out of little and little out of much? I didn't ask you, what denomination are you in? I didn't ask you, what is your, your I asked you, have you been moved? When was the last time you've been moved by the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you sensed the presence of God drawing you? I'm the guy that in the first service began to clap because I got excited when we sang when we sang that that uh, that 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 God is able to bring freedom that freedom reigns in this place and I saw a picture of people in this church today being set free by the power and the presence of God that excites me it moves me it moves me that this morning as we wrapped up our first service, God gave me a word for someone in the church and they said to me, I've been asking God to answer that prayer. And I had no idea, but the Holy Spirit moved me to say these words to her that became a word of knowledge to give uh, and to operate in the gift of the Spirit, to speak a word that needed in that moment. When was the last time we've been moved by the Holy Spirit? I didn't say moved the same way I've been moved, but when was the last time you've sensed the Spirit's drawing and it moves you? And if it's been a while, it's not because he disappeared. It might be because we've developed an insensitivity to the light. That the blind spot has begun. That we've developed an insensitivity to the light. But when we become sensitive to the presence of God, when we become sensitive, it allows us to make decisions that are pleasing and honoring to God. To move in a direction of wisdom that we would allow our eyes to be open to the light, that sensitivity to the light will help us to address the blind spots. If we're going to address the blind spots, number one, we've got to develop our senses. Number two, we need to develop our support system. We said already there's no one here that has the ability to see everything at all times. You need people in your life. You need individuals to help you see. We need the Spirit of God, but God will also use people in our life. We need a support system, people who can speak into our lives and help us in life's moments to make decisions that need to be made. Here's the question. Do you have the right people? I want to challenge us today to be careful that we have the right guides, but also that we become the right guides to the people that are around us. I've... I've found myself doing this, and, and uh, I look back on it, and I have empowered probably 10-year-olds in my vehicle that I've been at an inter intersection, and they may have been sitting up front with me, and I've said, is it okay your way? Is there anything coming? 
I've asked a 10-year-old whether or not something was coming that way. And I've empowered them. You know what it's like that you've said to someone, hey, is there anything coming? Do you see anything coming? Who is in your life that has the permission that you ask the question, hey, do you see anything? Is there anything coming? Do you see anything in me that might need addressed, things that we can, trustworthy people, people that we can, that we can trust, that a support system that's in our lives. I, I wanna encourage you, you've gotta be careful to find the right guides because the people you spend your time with are the people you'll become like. You better make sure. Now, there's some things you can't control. You can't control all the people in your workplace, your school place, your surroundings. You can't control the people you're with all the time. And so what we tend to do is if we can't control all of it, we don't control any of it. If I can't fix all of it, then I won't fix any of it. If I can't address all of it, then I won't address any of it. That's the problem with stewardship. Stewardship doesn't mean having the ability to control it all. Stewardship means I handle well what I I do have control over. That I I I can't control who I go to school with, where I work, all the surroundings. But the areas that I do, how do I manage? How do I steward? How am I investing and allowing those things to the people that are speaking into my life? I've said this for years as a youth pastor. It's stuck, and I keep saying it. If you want to soar like an eagle, quit hanging with a flock of turkeys. You're going to become what you surround yourself with. Jesus gives us this clearly. He says, the blind lead the blind and they both fall into a ditch. I want to give you some questions today for the guide. I I don't know who it is that speaks into your life, but you might need to consider the people that you've given a voice to. You might need to consider the people that you give an ear to. You might need to consider those things that, that you give response to. Here's some questions that I would encourage you to ask. Number one is how is their spiritual life? Not only of the guide, but encourage us, not only the people that we might be following, but asking ourselves, how are we doing for people who might be following us? How is their spiritual life? What is their spiritual or their spiritual health? Are they growing in the things of God? Because if they're not growing in the things of God, be careful how far you follow them. Be careful to what point you, you, you invest and you allow, uh, allow their influence. Number two, what in your life do you want, what in their life do you want repeated in your life? I say to married, to, to uh, um, people that we meet with and those that are getting married in our uh, pre-marriage counseling sessions, I say to marriages and those young couples, I say find a couple that you can look up to because if you don't find someone to look up to and honor, then you'll just follow anybody and you'll just become like everybody. And the problem with just becoming like everybody is you end up missing the beauty of what God wants you to know and experience. That you've got to find the people in your life that you look up to. If you just let anybody lead you, you'll just move from one ditch to another. You'll just go from one ditch to the next ditch. Not a lot of fun hanging out in ditches with other ditch lovers. It, it doesn't take us far. It doesn't allow us to advance. Being careful. What in their life do you want repeated in your life? Be careful. This doesn't mean you don't ever hang around them. It means you be careful how much influence and how far you open the door and how much you let take place. Number three, how have they challenged you to become more like Jesus? How have they challenged you to become more like Jesus? Now, I realize what we like to do is we like to, be, we like to do discipleship by osmosis. Just somewhere around, maybe it'll rub off. It, just get close. And there's some truth to that, it'll rub off, but you better know what's rubbing off in your life and in your, in your, in your 
your, your decisions and things that are taking place. Jesus said to the disciples, and some of us need to take his advice, this, the disciples said, Jesus, do you realize how many of these Pharisees that you offended them when you said those words? And Jesus said, ignore them. Some of us need to learn how to ignore some voices and some things that are, that are in our lives and in our world. It's hard to ignore the voices that you respect the most. So you got to ask yourself, are you respecting the right ones? Are they the right voices? Are they the right voices that you're giving heed to? And I, um, I know right now you can easily be thinking, there's a group of people here sitting here thinking, man, I wish I would have heard this when I was younger. There's some people in the room that would say, man, I wish I would have heard this when I was younger. And then there's some young people in the room saying, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> there's some old people in the room saying that too, or older people, I'm sure. But I encourage you, this, this wisdom, here, here's, and let me just say what wisdom is, I, I don't know, I just want to speak to teenagers for a moment. One of the things that will make you wise, wisdom is not when you learn from your own mistakes, but when you're wise enough to learn from someone else's. That's wisdom. Wisdom is when you're wise enough that you don't have to repeat what someone else did because you were able to catch it and know you didn't have to do that to figure that out. That's wisdom. I think one of the greatest things that can be said about a teenager, you're wise beyond your years. You have wisdom beyond your age. Why? Because you apply things that some people wait till later in life to figure out. They say, well, I've just got to figure it out on my own. I've got to go sow wild oats. I don't know why I feel like I need to talk to teenagers for a moment. Don't waste your teenage years. Teenagers were not designed, that age group was not designed by God. We designed that. God said, Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, not a teenager, he said, when I became a man, I went from being a child to a man. By the way, mom and dad, quit treating your children like teenagers when God says call them to be a man and a woman, to grow up and to rise up into things. We've created teenager. We've created this space of waste your years and then wonder what's going on when they can't figure out how to make right decisions and move in places of doing Solid things because we've created this years of sow your wild oats and figure it out on your own. No, that's not wisdom. I don't know why I threw that in, but that was for somebody today. And so be wise beyond your years. Let wisdom, let wisdom direct you. The people you hang around will, de- will determine the, the action, the course that you go to. Ignore them. Ignore them. I want to challenge you and encourage you. Set those, those boundaries. Let me give you number three. If we're going to develop the ability to address our blind spot, we have to address or develop our senses. We have to develop a support system. And lastly, we need to develop the signals that are being sent. This is the speech. The things that are coming out, that we're setting in motion. Call those things that are not as though they were. That our speech and what we talk, the way we communicate, The last part of the blind spot, of course, as we said already, it's when the part of the eye becomes insensitive to light and then it it works together in partnership with other parts of the eye. The other parts of the eye come together and focus on something, sending a signal. This is the signal. So what we're saying today, be careful of what you're insensitive to. Be careful who you're partnering with, what you're coming together with. And then be careful as well what it is that you're sending, you're communicating, what's being sent out. Here it is. This last one, the worship team's going to come and help us close. But if you want 
if you want to know what is in focus and what is in your blind spot, just listen to what you talk about and what you don't talk about. Jesus said that it's the, what comes out of our mouth that defiles us. It says as well in, in Luke chapter 6, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, which means this. The reality of what is next for your life is revealed by what you talk about. If it's not in your conversation, it's not in your heart. If it's not in your conversation, it's not in your heart. We cannot say we're believing God to do something great when it never shows up in our conversation. I would even say the connection of our heart with God is also reflected in how often, or not just how often, but in, in him being a part of our conversation. Is that okay? You know what's important to somebody when you hear what they talk about. Y'all know I like Pirates baseball and Diet Coke. You, you know what people like based on what they talk about. You see the habits. You see the things. What draws their attention have you become or are we people talking about the things of God? Because one of the things to guard your, to watch your blind spot is to guard what you say. Not just guard what you say, but take account for what you say. Because what you talk about is what is in your heart. And if it's not in your conversation, it's probably not in your heart. I want to encourage us today. I want to give you some levels because here's some levels of our conversation that really reflects the level of the, the next level that we're preparing for. The level of our conversation will make us ready for the next level of what God's going to do in our life. Here's number one. First level of conversation is this. It's general conversation. You know what general conversation is? Hey, how about the weather? Isn't the weather nice? It's general. It happens to everybody. It's nothing specific to me. It's just everybody. It becomes what God's going to do next. It's just general. It's just God, general, whatever. It might happen, whatever. It's just general. But then you move to a level that's casual. And casual talks about experiences. This is the conversation. When you have a casual conversation with somebody, it usually goes along with this. Oh, where were you from? Where would you grow up? How many kids do you have? What's your background? It talks about your experiences. And some of us believing God to do something next that we're just talking about where we've been. We're stuck in where we've been. We're just talking about our experiences of what has occurred. And so we have casual conversation. We casually talk about what God is going to do. And maybe general, and then there's casual, but then that reaches the level of intentional. Here's what intentional does. Intentional says, I'm going to test this conversation. I'm going to test the waters in this. I'm going to move this conversation in a specific direction so that I know whether or not this person that I'm having a conversation with, this lets me know if I can put a little bit of anchors to walk with them and to move with them or if they're just somebody I'm going to be an acquaintance with because you've got to know the people who are moving in the same direction as you. And you've got to be intentional. Intentional conversations are hard to have. Intentional conversations are hard to have. But we've got to learn to be people who have intentional conversations. You know what intentional conversations do? Intentional conversations deal with, hey, what's going on in your life? How are you doing with life that's happening today and what God is doing? How are you? Do you have people in your life who can have, that you have intentional conversations with? 
people who are able to speak in to what's going on. It becomes intentional. But then there's another level of conversation. And this is spiritual. Let me tell you what spiritual is. Spiritual is when you recognize you're not just having a conversation. God is ordering your steps and God just showed up. And this is not a coincidence of what you're speaking right now. God has been ordering and directing your steps. How many know what I'm talking about? When you have those moments and you sense the Spirit of God is putting things together. Two weeks ago, we had a gentleman come in from Nashville and we met together. It was part of this visioneering that we're doing. We're going to talk more about it at our, at our family business meeting on February the 25th. And we had some of our leadership team set down. It was called visioneering, but the whole idea of it was they met with our leadership team to find out how things work, how we do what we do. We're just trying to catch ideas and, and see what God would have us for praying for what was, would God have next. He sat down and with us two weeks ago, and as we're talking, he says to us, he says, uh, so how are you doing ministry? What's going on? What's working? Asking us all the questions. Then he gets to, so what are you stepping into? What ministries would you like to develop some things that you're doing? I begin to share about, it's been on our heart for over a year now to start a ministry towards those who are on drugs and alcohol. Don't know how we'll do it, but we've been asking God for property. And I begin to share with him how some doors have opened up and specifically, which we're another step closer to moving towards the property in Belvernon and starting a ministry in Belvernon. I shared with this gentleman who the night before flew into Pittsburgh and then drove to Uniontown. He shows up at Uniontown. We, of course, are meeting. He's never been to western Pennsylvania this part before. He's talking the night before. He said, as we were at dinner, he said, you got some unique places around here. I drove through a villa, or through a, a small town. It was a river in it. And I said, yeah, that must have been 119. He said, yeah, I guess so. I'm thinking, what else would you go coming from the airport? As he comes through, I said, well, that would have been Connellsville. And he's describing some of the architecture stuff that was there. We're in the meeting then the next day. And we talk about Bel Vernon. Pastor Kyle begins to pull it up on his computer on Google Maps and he shows the picture of the church in Bel Vernon as we're explaining to this guy, talking about what we're believing God for. He looks at that picture and then he looks at me. He says, wait a minute. He said, that's the church that I stopped and took a picture of when I got in. I said, what? I said, I thought you went through Connellsville. He said, I don't know. He pulls up his phone and here he stopped and took a picture of the church in Bel Vernon. I heard that and I thought, Holy Spirit, you're just confirming that you're in this. What man flies from Nashville into Pittsburgh and drives from the Pittsburgh airport to Uniontown, Pennsylvania through Bel Vernon, number one. And then while he's driving through Bel Vernon says, wow, that building stands out to me. I'm gonna take a picture of that building. Of all the buildings he could have taken, come on, if you think that's a coincidence, I'm sorry. There's not enough room for coincidence. If you're here today and you say, I don't believe God's real. I don't believe he can speak to people like that. Uh, I had a room of about nine people who can confirm what happened in that place. And I'll be at places and saying, God, I don't know if we have what it takes. I don't know if we can step into Bel Vernon. You know what it does now? Now the Spirit speaks to me and says, no, I showed you a picture from a man. Now we're speaking on a spiritual level. 
that we're speaking on a spiritual level. You know what a spiritual level is? To be so filled with the Spirit of God that you're able to communicate in words that are not your own, that God gives you the ability beyond yourself, that God gives you visions that you could not create on your own. He puts you in places and situations that you couldn't have put yourself, but you look back and now you see the Spirit of God orchestrating and organizing, putting together. I wonder today, will we settle living in the general or do we want to go to the spiritual? We better deal with the blind spots. If we're going to get to the spiritual of what God wants to do, in our life that we say to God, God, I want your spirit to lead me, to move me. I want to live and be led by the spirit. I don't want to just live life in the natural and in general. I need the spirit of God to lead and to order and to direct my steps. Even to the point that God can fill you with the power of his spirit and you pray in other tongues that words that cannot be made up in the mind but the Spirit of God begins to take control. You know what spirit conversation is, spiritual conversation? It's when you become filled with the Spirit and God takes control of your order, of your steps, of what is taking place. He begins to show you things in the Spirit. He begins to speak to your heart. He begins to direct you. I pray today that we'd be people who walk in the Spirit of God and not be in the blind following the blind, but we walk in the provision of God's presence and we stay out of the ditch and walk into what God has for our life and for our future. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil or the blindfold is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image in Christ Jesus. He changes us from glory to glory to glory. I don't know today. You might be here today. You know what I've noticed about being blindfolded? Yeah, I can't see. Yeah, good one. Yeah, that's right. Smarty pants over here somewhere. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. Somewhere over here. <laughs> that was good, though. You know what? I'm blindfolded. I can imagine everything that's going on. And I can make it up in my head how good I want it to be or how bad I want it to be. But it's always how I imagine it. The problem is some of us are living in the imagination of what God might do, but we've never been confronted with the reality of what God wants to do. We're living in the imagination, and as long as we can be blindfolded, I can make it up however I want it. I can just, I didn't know. had no idea. Just how it feels to me, it looks to me. I can't tell what you're doing right now. I can, in fact, as far as I know, you're looking at me with the hugest smile, leaning in, saying, man, he's the best preacher we've ever heard. You're pulling your notebooks out right now, just writing down every word I'm saying. I can just imagine it. I'm imagining it. All the while, people just got up and left, said, hey, he's not looking. Let's leave. Looks good in my head. I'm doing great things for Jesus in my head. I've got, I've got a plan. I know what we're going to do. And all the while, I'm just living in the ditch. 
because I don't have to be confronted with what's really going on. I can just, I can just deal with what's in my head. Some of you are blinded today. You've, you're ignoring some things in your home that God says, I want you to open your eyes to the way you're treating your spouse. No, everything's fine with me. It's their problem. I'm okay with it. Oh, we don't talk about the tough issues, but that's all right. I, hey, as far as I'm concerned, everything's fine. We don't deal with what's going on around us. The danger is that we can get so good at living blindfolded. We can just make it up in our head. But whoever turns to the Lord, wow. My eyes have to adjust a little bit. You know what? That hurts too much. Because I have to face the light now. It's easier to live in the dark. Now, church isn't as full as I thought it was. It's not what I thought in my head. But man, there's such freedom when I don't have to live behind my own make-believe. There's such freedom when I don't have to live according to my ways. But now I know, God, you're ordering my steps. You're leading me in the paths of righteousness. How long are you going to keep living with the blindfold on? How long are you going to keep living with the blindfold on it? Everything's fine. Everything's good. It's all good. Everything's fine. But freedom comes. We say, God, today, today, I'm taking the blindfolds off. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I don't know if it's a speck or a plank. Doesn't matter. Ask God to deal with the speck. I don't know what you have today. I don't know what your blind spot is. I don't know what it is today that you need to say, Spirit of God, would you cause my eyes to be open that I can see according to your truth.